This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, this is Emily. And this is Sandra. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. Hey guys! Oof, this episode should have been Lorelai. What an episode, first off. I have so many thoughts. Uh, me about too. So many scenes. Well, luckily, Emily, since you have so many thoughts on so many scenes, I believe you are doing our summary. So hopefully you remember everything that happened. I am prepared. We will see how this goes. I got it through, but I I got it under 30 when I was practicing earlier, but I had to talk really fast to get it. So we'll see how this goes. All right. All right. You've got the timer. Three, two, one. Luke's has a lull. Rory and Paris are doing a debate over doctor-assisted suicide at Chilton. Lane is grounded over the Henry thing to the point she's being homeschooled for two weeks and is stalking people out her window. Chris is in the area and gonna come to the debate. Lane needs a new CD and needs Rory to get it to her. Rory and Paris are debating Brad. Oh, poor Brad. Chris shows up with a girl. They go to the Gilmore house and Sherry has a weird combo with Lorelai invites Rory to skip Friday night dinner in exchange for an evening with her. Emily's pissed. Rory isn't at dinner and that she's spending time with that woman and it should have been Lorelai. Lane gets her CD. Lorelai tells Chris that she sabotaged relationships with the hopes that they get together and now she can finally let grow and Chris does not react well oh my gosh okay so wow. you went over by like a second but that was so thorough <laughs> that was like <laughs> watching the tv and putting the fast forward button and like hearing the little chipmunk voice and that you was got crazy. faster like you yeah. got faster as you went that was incredible that this was is my life goal to talk fast <laughs> i mean i kind of want to not give you the point then like that's a good thing yeah by the way um, yeah <laughs> not getting a point is a good thing um because he just went so fast i mean that like was like gilmore, gilmore speed worthy. right yeah <laughs> basically i think since i mean i i doubt that our listeners understand our point system anyway it's i fine. certainly don't understand it no point <laughs> yay um congratulations but also yeah this episode was a let's say a heavy episode emotion wise weirdly heavy yeah yeah Uh, i can't wait to talk about that fight at the end and i so Mm -hmm. i noticed we have we do a scene list to help us kind of try to stay on track and i noticed we normally have 15 to 20 year scenes per episode this episode only has 10 yeah and that's a heavy hitter though yeah so let's without any further ado let's get into it um and i actually so we start mid-conversation Right. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about a quote and Rory's not really caring about what Lorelai is saying. Well, I want to talk about the quote. This quote, uh, let me start from the beginning. Um, Lorelai and Rory are talking about William Congreve's 1697 play, The Morning Bride. Um, And they're talking about the line being music has charms to soothe a savage breast. To soften rocks or bend a knotted oak. Or or bend a knotted oak. Uh, so you can interpret this as mu- music can help your soul. Or mm-hmm. 
a broken heart, or even mm-hmm. heal or help a person. However, it's frequently misquoted as music has charms to soothe the savage beast. That's definitely what I've heard. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And that line is usually interpreted as music can calm someone who's being aggressive or your inner beast. I don't know. Now, this play is from the 1600s. I'm a big believer that once you write something and you let it out into the world, it belongs to the readers, right? And the readers can interpret your words however they want to. So Mm -hmm. it has been years, 400 to be exact. (laughs) And um, this line has developed in different ways. It changed from breast to beast. And that's okay. It it's fine. <laughs> um, it means different things to different people. I agree with you. I think once you once you release something out into the world, it is open to everybody's own individual interpretation. Mm-hmm. I think I can kind of understand with Lore- what Lorelai's saying though is like it's open to your own inter- interpretation. It's not open to change the words to match what you. think think it should be that's fair i mean i feel like it almost becomes like misheard lyrics at that point yeah yeah or it's like how many people out there have been seeing the same misheard lyrics and that's mm-hmm. like what the, the song is to them t swift and our starbucks lovers <laughs> very good reference i appreciated that reference <laughs> um, well yes no and you're totally right and as someone who writes right it would be devastating maybe if i saw my words being written something as a different way right like Mm -hmm. just changing up my words completely however it's been 400 years this dude is very much dead (laughs) at this point he's lucky his words are still being said exactly for real yeah um but yeah that's what lorelei and rory are kind of talking about rory does not care um and Lorelai is really Fair the enough. one that's like why is it breast instead of uh or rather why is it beast instead of breast like it should be breast well human nature has evolved that's why literally it's like the first 10 seconds of this and it's over and they go to Luke's and for once Luke's is just completely empty yeah it's a lot it's like it looks like it's closed like it's basically I love that Lorelai said uh, don't alienate your your two only paying customers. I know. I was like, paying? Lorelai, hey. we know. <laughs> hey, they pay. They pull cash out of the pocket and throw it on the table and run away. That was the pilot and never again. Oh, so they've done that maybe <laughs> twice. <laughs> um, but basically, we find out from Rory that uh, she has a debate on Friday at 3.30 Mm-hmm. about doctor-assisted suicide, which every time this topic is mentioned, it like someone has to say, ooh, cheery, or like, wow, how modeling, right? And it's like, well, they're in high school. They're seniors. Juniors? Mm, juniors. 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 Got- juniors, because they're juniors. we still have the summer, but yes. in the whole Dean, Jess, mm-hmm. they go to D.C. at the end of the school year. Mm-hmm. They learn um, thing. Yeah, right, because prom and all that stuff. But anyways, um, 16, 17-year-olds have these debates. Yeah, I mean, they literally pick these kind of topics because they want you to debate something that is, like, has extreme viewpoints on either mm-hmm. side. Like, I mean, even in college, I debated, or I was part of a group that debated, like, pro-trap neuter release 
or pro-euthanasia for feral cat colonies as it pertains to, um, like, decimation of, of wildlife, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they pick these topics because there's strong arguments on either side. I debated abortion in high school. So did I. Right? Like, all of these topics are, like, there's really clear mm-hmm. thoughts on both sides. And that's how a debate happens. And when yeah. you're especially a teenager learning how to debate. Yeah, I don't... I understand that... I... How should I put this? I am proud of ASP for including it, but, like, mm-hmm. I wish he wouldn't include that comment every single time. Like, yeah. this is something that the kids are actually debating, but we don't have to hammer that joke in every time. I mean, it's from somebody different every time, and that's kind of a standard reaction where I'm debating, you know, assisted suicide. Oh, okay. Well, have fun. I'm just glad that Paris says Oregon correctly. That always kills me. It's Oregon, not Oregon. <laughs> uh, I was like, how do you, how, how else would you say it? Oh, Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> yeah, no. Nevada. I'm from Nevada the gets me in it's trouble. Oregon. Oregon, yep. Nevada gets say- me in trouble all the time. Nevada? Yeah. But see, it's <laughs> oh, because. We say Nevada. It's because it's Spanish. It's a Spanish oh. word. So technically, yeah. I'm saying it right. Yeah, guys, it's Nevada. <laughs> Anyways, um, Midwest Best. This- <laughs> East Coast. Um, West Coast, Best Coast. <laughs> as this is going on, Lane calls Luke's. the diner. Yeah. And Rory takes the phone, the cord phone, by the way, over that- to the window, and Lane has a telescope. But Luke yes. has absolutely no reaction to Lane calling there for Rory. It just, oh, it's for you. Sets it down. Well, there's also nobody in the diner. <laughs> I, That's true. I get that. But Luke it, is just known for being contrary just to be contrary. But to Rory, to Rory he's a sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. No, uh, Lane is having her own, like, rear window moment this episode. <laughs> She's just peering at the people of Stars Hollow. And this is, like, a really great episode for, for like, remembering what it was like back then when we were growing up before everybody had cell phones. Mm-hmm. Because, like, or you computers. had to call a business. Like, when your parents gave babysitters the information, they would give the restaurant's phone number. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the restaurant we're going to. This is the phone number. Because if there's an emergency, you have to call the restaurant and say, hey, are Mr. and Mrs. Smith available? Like, Yeah. Hey, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> you better go get it. That's a simple Anyway, preference. poor Lane is, in fact, trapped in her home with a telescope mm-hmm. watching for Rory. Because she's been grounded because of the Henry situation. Which may... That's... Last time... That should have been the reason why she couldn't talk to Lane was because she was grounded. But instead it was, it was because it was after nine, which didn't I'm make gonna, sense. On that one, it was the same night. They probably had not discussed like any kind of I guess punishment. And Lane was obviously upset. And I think Mrs. Kim showed a little bit of heart by being able to tell Rory was obviously not super happy. Um, and then Mrs. Kim slept on it. And I was like, oh, your life is over. Let's fix this. <laughs> you lied to me. But I did appreciate the Henry reference, just to let us mm-hmm. know, because especially when we were on, like, the weekly things, it's it would have been very easy to forget, oh, why is she grounded? Mm-hmm. Um, she's not even going to school. She's being homeschooled for two weeks. 
I'm with Rory. That should be illegal. <laughs> that she extreme. implies that her mom maybe lied to the school about it. Yeah, that she's sick. Mm. Okay. I don't know about that. Mrs. Kim's character is so like lopsided. We get all of these like she's super firm and strict and about the rules, but then she's okay breaking the rules and mm-hmm. she's like grounds for two weeks, but then she was gonna let her it's I love the character, I love the acting, but like the writing is sometimes a little bit confusing for Mrs. Kim. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, we also find out that Dean is n- busy. He's not yep. in this episode at all. And it's because oh, it's he's... nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Is he raising money or like he's he doing something is for a new extra motorcycle? To save up to for get a, a new, new motorcycle. motorcycle. Yes. Dean, I don't have a motorcycle. Is getting a new motorcycle. His moped quit working. No, he has a motorcycle when he talks to Christopher about it. Mm-hmm. But when the very first time he they talk about it, I don't have a motorcycle. Have She's not going on What a is motorcycle. this obsession with him and a motorcycle? Well, because he's a Chris stand-in, but then we oh. have this episode with Chris and it's like, he's very he un-Chris-like. Um, anyway. I thought it was really cute that uh, Rory does the thing fast. Thing. Yes, that might be my favorite part of this episode. I got really excited about that, but a five that, second moment. It is. You don't see them be like playful like that very yeah. often. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Like Dean does think fast to Rory at one point, and she like lays into him and is like, "I am not the think fast kind of person." Granny, you know, he's throwing a basketball at her face, but like she does it to Luke. He's like, "Yeah, I got this," and he catches it so well. Yeah, and then we go. I don't know if it's the next day. Um. It seems to be. It's definitely night. Yeah, it's leading up to that Friday because Paris does come over. They are mm-hmm. watching TV, Rory and, and Lorelai, which I love those scenes. Me and mom watch TV all the time, right? And it's like mm-hmm. exactly that scene. Um, maybe a different show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know. Um, but yeah, Paris arrives and it's so awkward paris's vibes are so bad i like i know that we're supposed to be like oh paris is so like she's so driven and and almost aggressive and lorelei just kind of like you know puts her hands up and lets paris do what she wants but as an adult if a teenager came into my house and talked to my kid like that and talked to me like that i'd be like i'm sorry kiddo you weren't invited and i need you to go home (laughs) (laughs) but I think we've already kind of established that Lorelai's not really an adult herself when it comes to dealing yeah. with teenagers. Yeah. Especially Paris. She always, like... Defers kinda... to Paris. Yeah. My favorite thing about Paris coming over is that the implication that Rory does not talk fast enough. Right? <laughs> hilarious. I like... love that whenever Paris does show up, it's always, you should have expected me. You should have known <laughs> I was going to come over here. This should not be a surprise. Well, and there's also, like, a little bit of a through line in this episode, both with this moment and then after the debate, where, like, this is, I think, kind of Paris still trying to, like, be like we're friends, right? Paris is still trying to figure out... Trying to bond. Like, how do we hang out together? Like, Mm -hmm. I want to, but I'm not sure how. And honestly, Rory's the one that's pushing her away. Not necessarily the second time, but this time... um, her arriving, her, Rory's voice is very cold, almost. 
I mean, I would, I think I would react the same way though. Yeah, you know, I, if, I would too. I was having a chill night at home with my mom and my school frenemy shows up and makes me do schoolwork. <laughs> I mean, that's yep. fair. Well, and I mean, she's already talked in this episode that she knows more about doctor assisted suicide than anybody should. That's yeah. True. And then Paris shows up and she's like, let's do more. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Well, as uh, Rory and Paris have their little moment, there is a phone call, and it is Christopher. Christopher, the father. And Lorelai is always so happy when he calls. Like, she's always like, Chris! I'm like, girl! Hey, how's it going? Pick one or the other. <laughs> Do we hate him or love him? <laughs> and I'm in Litchfield. Yeah. I'm in town on business. Well, if you're in town... You should come over to the debate on Friday. And First he says of all, yes. I'm gonna get salty at Chris that you're in town now. Like, are you waiting to see if you had like some free time available? Did you not think to call earlier? Were you hoping they wouldn't be busy? Like, no, no, no. Poor, poor thought. No, a little bit of forethought into a relationship with your daughter. Just a thought. But he calls every Wednesday. Oh wait, he's meticulous later on. about yeah. it. But like, whatever. Yeah, he calls every Wednesday, so he's a great dad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Chris is coming Chris. to the debate. Yep. Yes. Yay. Um. Yeah, and Rory looks super excited to talk to Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say one thing. I, in the beginning seasons, it's so cute how excited Rory is for Chris, mm-hmm. because in the later seasons. That goes downhill. And oh, yeah. rightfully, like, it makes sense, but... She specifically says later in this episode when he shows up, she's like, oh, you came! He's like, of course I came. She's like, sorry, still getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, Ouch. I think, kind of just lays it all out right there. Anyway... We move on to Rory the next day, um, walking through the town square, and the phone starts to ring, the payphone starts to ring as Rory passes it. And I love how she walks past it and then double back. Stops. She's yep. <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> she knows her best friend. Calling from the window with a telescope. Yeah. And she needs she a wants... new Balance of Ashen CD. Not the CD, the single. Yo, yes. The so single. that is just one song on a CD. Um, which is how they used to do singles. And I think they still kind of do now, but like it was more prevalent before Spotify and Apple Music and all that. And Lane is demanding the CD. Rory really can't get her the CD. Like, mm-hmm. she's pretty busy, but she's she's going to try. She'll uh-huh. figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I like the joke that Lane did. Actually, let's put that to a, a poll. Is it a joke um, about Something the in stuff your in your teeth? <laughs> yeah. Is that a joke or was she actually being serious? I mean, Rory looks at her teeth in the reflective part of the mm-hmm. payphone and doesn't do anything. So it's a joke, right? Because we ended up recording a little later than initially planned. I watched this episode like three times to prepare. <laughs> so I wa- I, today I watched. Lane goes, hold on a second. Looks at the telescope at Rory while Rory stands there looking at the window, mouth closed. Mm. And then says, there's something <laughs> in your teeth. So it's a joke. So it has to be a joke. Yeah. Unless Rory's like sitting there with her, you know, doing, <laughs> doing like a dental like smile. smile. <laughs> it has to be a joke. Well, uh, this little scene goes into, it's finally Friday. 
It's three mm-hmm. thirty on Friday, actually. Mm-hmm. We get and to Chilton. Lorelai and Suki go to Chilton. I love that. I do. Too. I was thinking about that. Like that's so cool that Suki is so close to like both of them that she would mm-hmm. come for this. Like she's mm-hmm. come to all these different school functions, and I love that. You guys notice what Suki's wearing? I did. Well, we're going to talk about it. We're going <laughs> to talk about it. Um, but what I did notice about Suki is that Suki, Lorelai's best friend, uh, years, two seasons in, over has a decade never, of knowing each other, ever met Christopher. No idea what or he looks like. Or even seen him. Doesn't have a picture? Nothing. Like, are you telling me that Lorelai didn't show her the Christmas card even? That blows my mind. How did she miss him last time? Oh, well, she wasn't one of the people who saw him. Because Jackson saw him, and Andrew saw him, Patty saw him. Chris never went to the inn, right? Yeah. He never went to the inn. She just heard about him. Yeah. But wait, no. Didn't, did Kirk take a picture of him, or was that somebody else? No, that was a different guy. Oh, I think Kirk took a picture of somebody at some point. Oh, the her college, <laughs> yes, young, young kid, yes. da- yeah. casual so you're dater. The the child that Lorelai dated got a photo, but not her baby daddy. Come on, nope. Kirk is sleeping. Priorities. <laughs> Come on, it blows my mind. I love the mental gymnastics that Suki goes over in her head to try to like figure out who Chris might be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone you would have been into as a teen, but still looks kind of attractive now. Like, yeah. I mean, I kind of get it. <laughs> but I'm subtracting yeah. 16 years and adding an all-boys school's uniform. <laughs> yeah. And so while Suki is looking for an unfamiliar face, we see a familiar face. Yeah, Brad is back. Brad is here. Brad. And he's and he, doing really good. He transferred schools. He said it's a lot easier there, or it's a lot better there or something. And I just, like... Good for Brad. I'm gonna go with nicer, maybe. I don't. I'm, I don't I'm gonna know. feel like it was just Paris. Like she just. I, he I'm really yeah. hated Paris. I'm convinced that Paris chased Brad away from Chilton. <laughs> I mean, also, I think Chilton would chase a lot of people away from Chilton. Like, ah, uh, that's fair. That's intense. I mean, um, they try to chase Rory away. That is mm-hmm. true. By the way, uh, the teacher that is. She's the um the advisor. She's the advisor for the Franklin. We never got her name. We finally do. It's mm-hmm. Mrs. O'Malley. Just a I, t- trivia piece. I have to say, I see her in a future episode when I was just doing like a random playthrough. Mm-hmm. And sh- I think it's after the they get into Har- Rory gets into Harvard episode. And I get the end of the class. She's like, I know at least one of you got into Harvard. And she is standing in front of like pre-calculus math. <laughs> I was like, but you're the debate teacher. She's a triple threat. And the Frank, like, she need to be an English teacher? <laughs> uh, they just didn't want to use Max. They didn't. No. So Rory and Paris, uh, they're super prepared. Brad and unnamed girl? Sorry. Nancy Langford. Oh, she did have a name. Yancy? With a Y? Nancy. Nancy. Okay. Nancy. <laughs> I was like, Yancy is too much. <laughs> Nancy Langford. <laughs> um... They're up there. They get their names called out. And Lorelai and Suki cheer. And oh my god. That would have killed me as a kid. <laughs> I totally would have done that as an adult. Oh my god. As an adult? Yes. But I I'm might gonna have saved do that to my child. until the end. 
Nah. Like, after it's announced that they win, there is, like, no fanfare when they win. Because they do no. win, of course. They win yep. because they destroy the other team. That's yes. enough and they have- <laughs> for one evening, Paris. They have the option to choose arguing for or against, and of course they are for. I love Brad's response. Shocking. Just turns <laughs> to sit down. Um, and while this is happening, so late, Christopher mm-hmm. arrives with, with oh, oh, another person. Who is this? It's Machen Amick. It is truly one of the most beautiful actresses so of that pretty. generation. Yeah, she oh is. my gosh! And they walk in and like. I don't know. I feel like we're supposed to hate Sherry, but she looks so pretty. There's a lot of girl-on-girl hate in this episode. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we can go with Sherry hate, really. Oh, yeah. mostly what it is, but still, it's so unnecessary. I mean, it's almost like, it's not a jump scare, but it's almost like a jump scare. Because, like, you see Chris, and he's, like, waving and all handsome and, you know, leather jackety, And then she comes in from off screen, and it's like... <gasps> Who is and this woman? moralized head, like, <laughs> whips around and just looks forward, like, oh, no. Like, I just looked at something, something I shouldn't wrong. have looked yeah. at. Um, and Suki and Lane, Lane Suki and Lorelai uh, trying to get a, a view of Sherry. Mm-hmm. Suki's amazing. I love her so much. She's so oh, naive she's so sometimes. <laughs> the physical comedy is so good, and it's so fun to see her career Melissa's now. great Because Melissa does a ton of it, but mm-hmm. this is like, she just peppers it in throughout Gilmore, and it's yes. just so fun. <laughs> it's um, so well done. And then Lorelai takes it over by, like, just dropping, first of all, blatantly putting her hand out and dropping a napkin. Mm-hmm. Oops. And then looking down. straight into Sherry's eyes. It feels very Lydia Bennett, like tossing her oh, handkerchief gosh. for the for the <laughs> officers. <laughs> yes, it does. Pride and Prejudice. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Lorelai looks back and Sherry just stares at her like, Hi, right? I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm right like, here. Like, she's not subtle. Well, also, I mean, Sherry would be interested. This is the first time she's meeting her boyfriend's, like, long-term ex, the mother of her boyfriend's daughter. Like, it makes sense that she would be curious about her. Like, Sherry does a little, like, head head tilt mm-hmm. when Lorelai goes down. Like, Lorelai <laughs> goes down and you see her go, okay. <laughs> like, straight, like, I know what you're doing. Hello. No, well, no malice, no attitude behind it. Just, hi. Hi. I'm yeah. here. I mean, I would say, and I think we'll get into this more once we get to, like, the next couple of scenes. I think that throughout the entire episode, I don't think Sherry shows any malice. She's awkward. No. no. She's, like, Over-eager. she's kind of forward. Yeah. But she's never mean. She's never, yes. like, she just is awkward. She's well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree and with yet- that. <laughs> we have a poll that might tell us otherwise, yeah, but we'll find we'll out. Yeah, we'll look into it. Um, yeah. Well, while uh, this drama is happening in the audience, the debate is going on, and Paris gets time called on her. She's the one who wanted the words per minute. Um, we have to work on it, blah, blah, blah. And she's the one who gets time called on her. And poor sweet Paris has no idea what to do. <laughs> it's because she's like, 
to she's enjoying absolutely crushing Brad. Oh, she's Brad. forgotten They're about time limits. That team looks Nancy so demoralized. Yeah, Nancy is down. literally sobbing. <laughs> I would like to throw a random comment. There are three other people on each debate team I sitting on the stage. That. Who are these people? What are they doing there? Seat fillers. Backups in case them. somebody dies? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are they like seconds in a duel? <laughs> Like, well, is that the actual debate team and, you know, the people who were, like, voted? Oh, maybe. That, that, could that be was it. my only thought. Well, Paris and Rory win, and there's no fanfare, like we mentioned before. They just Nothing. win. It's just is cruelty. It looks like a murder scene. Like, it's so yeah. bad. Um, but Rory is so sweet. She, I, like, it felt kind of out of character for her to offer Brad a hug, and it's like, maybe it was a joke, but it seems genuine. Oh, she's a nice kid. Rory is a yeah. nice kid. <laughs> I mean, she's Brad trying to make him feel better. bad. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> He's soaked through. Poor Brad. And the other girl was crying, like you guys said. Um, but Paris is elated. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, yeah. we haven't seen her this happy yet. No. And she looks ecstatic. Maybe um, when so Tristan sweet. asked her out? Maybe? Maybe. But I, I want to give it to, like, an academic rather yeah. than a yeah. boy. Um. Well, the debate's over, and Lorelai and Suki go out, and they meet Chris and Sherry. Mm-hmm. Sherry. Well, Sherry. not before uh, Lorelai and Suki have a moment where they, like, oh, right, pick yeah. apart yeah. Sherry's appearance. An hour-long debate and not a wrinkle in sight. No hose. She must be a witch. Which, I mean, honestly, it's it's funny to think about. You know, back when hose were still, like, pantyhose were something that everybody wore under all of their dresses. I think you would be hard-pressed to find somebody who's not, like, doing, like, an aesthetic thing. Just mm-hmm. wearing pantyhose with a skirt or dress these days. I just had this debate with my mom because my brother's getting married, so we're trying to find out dresses for his, his wedding. And, like, she's like, okay, but what about this dress? But I have to find pantyhose. And I'm like, do you? Do you have to? And she's like, yes, I'm old. Well, you wouldn't want to be a chic, good-haired, wrinkle-free, no-hose witch. I guess. This is true. Can make or break the whole wedding. (laughs) Well, regardless, um, they meet, and my first thought is, this woman's gorgeous. And not in a over-the-top way. Like, they just made her her. It's just her. Yeah. She's a normal adult woman woman who just looks great she looks like she takes care of herself i literally looked up her age because i was like is she like 25 right and christopher's dating like a 25 year old no she's 32 yeah yeah she just looks great i first met her in twin peaks Mm -hmm. um we'll talk about that and she is like so stunning in that and she has continued to age so gracefully and so beautifully I think she's stunning. And I understand why Lorelai and Suki might be like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty, but they're also very pretty. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That's the nature of television, though, right? You always have to pit pretty women against pretty women, because if you're not yeah. a pretty woman, you don't show up on TV, unfortunately. Exactly. Well, Chris and Suki meet for the first time. Still blows my mind. And he, like, insults her right off the bat in... <laughs> Like, he means it as a compliment. It's so well-intentioned, and to anybody besides Suki, 
it would have been a compliment. Mm -hmm. I don't know who that chef is that he references. I have to assume it was a pretty good one. Um, But Suki only hears, you're not as good as somebody else. Yeah. You know? There's someone better than me? In what way? And I don't even think it's an (laughs) ego thing. It's an insecure Mm -mm. thing. Yeah. I I have to say, in this particular instance, I don't think I'm a huge fan of Suki. Like, the whole thing just, like, I know you said it kind of feels like it's an insecure thing, and I agree with that. But she becomes so hyper-focused on, I'm not the best. And and that's, it, it seems out of character for her. Like, obviously, obviously she's, she is a phenomenal chef. Mm-hmm. But it just seems out of character her for her to be hyper-focused on um, somebody, she, well, I don't know. We had the I whole. I mean, it just reminds me of, like. Goofy Suki, Ennui yeah. Suki, like the Suki who's just not like a functioning adult. It yeah. reminds me of the um the, the food critic. critic. Yeah, that's, the food yeah, that's critic. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Rory arrives mm-hmm. and gets to see Christopher and meet Sherry, which is of course a surprise. Yeah. Well, she's surprised that Chris came. So like Chris bringing a date is extra surprising. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um but Chris apparently talks about Rory all the time. Now, all the are time. we are we believing this? I believe it. I yeah, I think it's true. I think that Sherry probably also encourages it because mm-hmm. as we learn about her in this episode, she is very um family oriented, she's very child oriented, so she's really looking at Rory as a potential stepchild i think that's like totally her mindset and i think because of what we learn about her um you know even thinking about single parenthood if she hadn't found the right guy she just she's probably pushing for information about rory i also took it as um chris talking about her a lot just to make himself sound better interesting yeah i I I can can see see that. that yeah especially if he knew that she was at any point was looking into potentially being a single parent Oh, I'm a single parent. Let me tell you all about my daughter and about who's all amazing, about these and not yeah. at all because of me. Yeah, but yep. I'm gonna take the credit for it. Um, which, by the way, Lorelai says Rory lives up to the hype, right? Mm-hmm. Sherry is going on and on about how great Rory is. Man, the pressure that Rory has to go through. Oh yeah, and it makes sense. I'm going to argue it makes sense how her character show, uh, ends up. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, the kind of like fall from grace. Yeah, yeah, because like all this pressure. Oh, she's great. She's amazing. She never messes up. She's the world's most perfect child. Yeah, she's on such a high pedestal for so long. She's on a pedestal on a pedestal on a pedestal. Right? Like, like she's reaching you knock heaven. knock off a one and she's still got <laughs> three more underneath her. <laughs> How could you not eventually fall off, you know? Yeah. But we're so far from that. She's still so fresh. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, Lorelai and Rory excuse themselves for a second, and they realize they're going to have to host these two. Oh, crap. Like, that's polite manners. <laughs> we invited them here. Now what? Because they can't take them to Luke's. They decide for no. some reason. Because well, I think they judge that Sherry yeah. wouldn't. She would She's go. not a she diner girl. Yeah, she doesn't fit in a diner. Which, what okay. was her character in Twin Peaks? <laughs> oh, wait. Literally the diner girl. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a joke. 
guys, I, is I, that the joke? I was wondering if it was supposed to be. I hope so. Oh my gosh, I love that. I think this <laughs> joke. <laughs> it whooshed right over my head, even though I was like specifically watching for Twin Peaks stuff. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. And so they they finally realized they're gonna have to take them to their place, and they come back, and Suki's still deconstructing this comment, which I do believe mm-hmm. at this point is hammering the joke um mm-hmm. i, I agree that chef and the first mm-hmm. response was the first link was is elaine ducasse better than gordon ramsay so well I, oh. I guess we'll put them on the same level i don't know well i mean well, based on what lorelei says when she gets back um she just tells her suki you are the best chef in the world bar none and suki instantly relaxes and believes it. oh you're right oh thank yeah. you giggles all done with that with that topic. Well, Lorelai does actually invite Chris and Sherry to their house, and they like race over. Oh, but before that, unfortunately, Paris. Paris really wants to celebrate Aww. in her like their words per minute school focused way. Um, I get that Rory doesn't want like Rory wants to hang out with her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that if this would have been college Rory in Paris, Rory would have just been like, come with us? Or would she have uh, still been like, Paris, you go do your own thing? I mean, they go through a rough patch in college, too. Just because, like, I mean, when we get there, the Logan. whole, you know, Paris I, going to school with her thing is weird. I think it would have been a come with us, but we're not going to discuss that. Like, yeah. join us for dinner. Just come on. Come join us for dinner. To be fair, Paris in college is, is less intensive yeah she's intense in different ways yeah yeah well she's getting a little bit of help by the time that (laughs) yes she gets to college um she almost murders brad poor brad brad needs a therapist at this point i think he he does say that he has a therapist yeah i think he does yeah Yeah. good for him yeah very much um but like i said lorelei and rory race over because they want to (laughs) clean Chris knows her, and she know he knows her pretty well to know that this is what they're doing. They still mm-hmm. enter the house without ringing the doorbell and or waiting for anyone to open the door, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. Well, so he seems to open the door, kind of yell, knock, knock, and then just stands there until it's like he's yeah. given the okay to come in. Mm-hmm. Because when Lorelai and Rory walk into the entryway, Chris is literally just inside the door, like Sherry's not even in yet. So yeah. it seems yeah. like he did he did give a little bit of grace there. I guess I'm from New Jersey and I'm from the kind the part of New Jersey where you don't leave your doors unlocked. Right? So I would never just expect someone to walk into my house. Oh yeah, no. I mean we definitely keep our door locked. It would be super weird for somebody yeah, to just right? come in. Yes, but to be fair, they know Chris and Sherry are literally right behind them. I know. They just Yes, got it's home. also Stars Hollow. Yeah, yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. But yes, um, Sherry is there in their house, and mm-hmm. it's very awkward. Uh, the only food that they had that they could potentially serve them is a bowl of leftover Halloween candy. I love leftover Halloween candy, but it does not strike me as something I would set up for guests. Either way, <laughs> <laughs> they have candy, and Lorelai asks if anybody wants drinks, and she really doesn't I have anything to this. offer. And then she goes to go get water. And Sherry immediately jumps up to get to help her. I'll go with you. Wait, hold on. You. Okay, this is the the most stupidest rant that I could possibly do. But they <laughs> say they want water, and she goes back with apple juice. 
That's not what they ordered. (laughs) To be fair, when's the last time you had apple juice? Years, probably. (laughs) It's really good. (laughs) It's better than you remember, But I love water. And if I asked for water and someone gave me apple juice when I asked for water and they said, I can give you water, I would be like, what the fuck? What is this? Can you add water to this? (laughs) Or just dump this out and put some water in? Can you give me a glass Um, of water? (laughs) Sorry, we can continue. But Sherry does go in to help her get presumably what is going to be two glasses of water. (laughs) And it turns into... Sherry has been thinking about something and she really wants to have a very frank conversation with Lorelai. Well, before they go, um, Rory and Sherry kind of bonded over uniforms and they were bonding over little things, right? Mm -hmm. They were having this conversation and she brings that up in that that conversation with Lorelai, just like, I want to get to know Rory, Mm -hmm. right? And we seem to be okay with each other. Um, but me and you don't have to be. Yes. The whole point of her conversation, I mean, I say her conversation because it's really Sherry Lorelai and Lorelai really say anything. She's kind of like, okay. <laughs> but Sherry wants it to be known that she is with Christopher. She would like to get to know Rory, but Lorelai does not have to be friends with her. Um, and I think this is really interesting when you think about like the Rachel Luke Lorelai relationship mm. that we mm-hmm. just experienced where Lorelai was like weirdly a part of it mm-hmm. too much of a like too into it and now we have a character who's coming out immediately being like we don't have to be friends i'm with somebody who's important to you but we don't have to be friends and like she's not saying it in a mean way like mean mean you never going to be friends but no she's like just like telling her Hey, I know we have a person in common, but that doesn't mean that me and you have to be in common, right? Mm-hmm. So I did ask our audience how they felt about this fight. Was it fair? Was it messed up? And guys, 52% think that it's fair. 48% oh, thought it was messed up. I definitely fall on the fair side. Like I, I, Like I said, I don't think that... She has any malice or -hmm. ill will. She's genuinely like her goal is she wants to be with Christopher and she wants to be a potential stepmom to Rory and she wants to get to know Rory and she wants to show Lorelai that she's not a threat. That's what I think this conversation is. And she's just really great at it. I I agree with that. I do think in the grand scheme of things, it is super weird to walk into somebody's kitchen the 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 homeowner walk into their kitchen and be like, "Hey, I know we're hanging out, but like, we don't have to." <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's it's. I agree. I don't think there's any malice behind it. I think kind of what you said earlier, Jess. It's just it's awkward, and probably came from a good place, and the execution was just not well done. Well, and I think it also, like, this conversation turns into, I really want to spend some time with Rory. How about now, since I'm here, can you get her out of Friday night dinner? Chris said you can get her out of Friday night dinner. I think that there's a level of anxiety to it where she feels like like she has to do it right now. Like, this is her only Mm -hmm. opportunity. I weirdly agree with both of you. Like, it's an anxiety thing, but it was also kind of messed up. Um, (laughs) I have a 
theory. I don't know if you guys agree with me. Every time Sherry is on screen, she's a different character. Hard like, agree. Yeah. She Hard her agree. character consistency is nowhere to be found. So this Sherry in this episode, I love her. Yes. This is mm-hmm. good Sherry. Mm-hmm. I think the next time we see Sherry is baby shower. Yeah. Or is does she have a bachelorette? Thing? No, she's only no, in shower. three episodes. She has a big yeah. impact in three episodes. Yeah. I, I agree with you though. I think that we we get a different Sherry every time we see her. It's like they can't figure out what they're gonna do with her character. Like they give her a history at the end of this episode and then completely disregard it in the next episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then by the time she's giving birth, it's a whole different person. Yeah. She's oh, obsessed yeah. with she's work. She's blonde. Mm-hmm. Well, that too. But she's obsessed with work <laughs> and she she couldn't have the child right now. When in this episode, she's talking about like how badly she wants to be a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But in this specific scene, I think the conversation of her and Lorelai don't have to be friends. They need, I they, they should be friendly, but they don't have to be friends. They don't have to hang out, anything like that. I think that part is coming from a good place. It's just trying to establish herself in Roy's life as Christopher's partner. Um, but then it goes into, like you said, but can we hang out with her tonight? I really want to be close to her. I want to be friends with her. Can we hang out like literally right now, right now, tonight? I know you have plans, but can you cancel, get her out of them to hang out with me? And that is just, that's overstepping a boundary. Like, you've literally just met both of these people for the first time. Yeah. You know what's the funniest part about that? Is that Lorelai has an excuse to miss a Friday night dinner and she doesn't take it. Like, she could have easily been like, oh yeah, but can I go with you? Or like, I'm going to go with her because I just met you for the first time in my life and I don't know you. No, right. no. <laughs> Lorelai knew Emily would not react well. That's why well, she didn't call before the dinner. That's true. So, speaking of calling people, Lorelai does actually call Rory. Well, Lorelai calls the house phone from <laughs> yeah. her cell phone because she's, like, the only person on Earth who has a cell phone at this point. Basically. Poses as Leonard, wink, wink, <laughs> to run the whole idea past Rory. Sorry, um, Leonard, we have company. Rory's facial expressions are really funny. Because I can't tell if she's, like, horrified or, like, horrified at her mom or horrified at the, this concept. Because, like... I think <laughs> all of the above is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She thinks this is, like, silly. I do love that Christopher, like, absolutely knows. Oh, knows. yeah. 100%. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but Sherry doesn't seem to notice. No, because she doesn't get their humor. No. And that's put that as a, a bad point. thing. Right? Like, oh... Oh, you don't understand my humor. Like it's like I'm so above you. I, I, mm-hmm. I think thoughts that are just not at your capability. Like I just I don't like how they treat her. And I get it. It's the jealousy thing. It's the you're Christopher's, but Chris, but Chris plays is into mine. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if I was Sherry, I would be so uncomfortable that like Lorelai and Rory are throwing jokes out there left and right that she's not get, and then and Chris just. Like, goes along with the bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I Makes think there's a part of that that's, like, supposed to, like, we, the audience, are also supposed to see Sherry as the outsider. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that because Lorelai and Chris and Rory are all so on the same page, we're supposed to see that and be like, why aren't they together? Like, they're the obvious family mm-hmm. unit, right? It should have been Lorelai. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. the headspace we're supposed to get into. 
Didn't work on me. Sorry, ASP. (laughs) I think Sherry's a cool lady. (laughs) I think it worked on me when I was a teenager. Yeah, definitely me too. I think now as an adult, I'm like, why are y'all hating on her? Calm down. (laughs) She didn't do anything. um, The plans go forward. Lorelai Mm -hmm. does agree to get Rory out of for a night dinner. Although get out of is a lot because she doesn't even call. (laughs) Just excuse her from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Chris is coming. Which Sherry is super on board with, which mm-hmm. I think is cool because I think that shows a level of, like, security. Maturity. yeah. And maturity. Like, Sherry doesn't have any thoughts about, oh, I don't want Chris to be with Lorelai. Like, That nobody I love else that. seems to show in this scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, while they're getting ready, first off, Rory looks so pretty. That was my first mm-hmm. thought with, like, Rory. That she looks so pretty. But uh, secondly, Lane still needs that single. <laughs> she wants that CD. Yeah. Where's my we'll CD? figure it out. Oh, also, we didn't mention it, but Lane is only allowed to call her for very, very brief periods yeah. of time because she gets like five minutes of phone time. But she's only supposed to call this hotline that reads you a psalm, but it's yeah. been the same psalm for like three days in a row. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. <laughs> I agree with Lane. It implies a new psalm every day. <laughs> the same song for three days. I would be. I would be this too. She wants drama. She wants some living vicariously through Rory. Rory has nothing mm-hmm. for her. <laughs> hey, she's getting what she can where she can. Yeah, right. Um, well, she has, I guess, the the potential stepmom of Sherry. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Chris and Sherry arrive, and um, Sherry and Rory leave immediately. And, like, they're out. They don't even tell Lorelai where they're going. Or, like, there's no, I don't know. I understand that because Christopher trusts her, we trust her. Or, like, Lorelai should trust her. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I was a mom and I was sending my daughter off to some stranger that I just met today, I would like some details. Just a little I bit. I definitely grew up in a, my parents have to know your parents before I can yes. hang out at your house household. Which I know is not the case for everybody. But so, like, for me... I don't think my parents would have just let me go off with a grown-up that they didn't know. They would at least need to, like, get to know her. Like, Mm -hmm. one time, a friend of mine who was a year older than me who had her license wanted to drive me to somebody's birthday party that was, like, in the middle of the day, parents present, the whole thing. My mom only let her drive me. We followed her to the party. (laughs) My mom and I, in our minivan, followed my friend to the party so my mom could judge her driving and whether or not she would be allowed to drive me home. (laughs) I feel like that's something my mom would have done too. And you know what's funny is that we're we're 90s kids, right? So Mm -hmm. we come just off the latchkey generation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Where, like, most kids from the 80s, even early 90s, were just, like, parents were at work. So I'm home alone. My mom didn't care. She's like, be home by midnight. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd call her and be like, hey, mom, I'm still at so-and-so's house. Okay, be home by one. Call me if you're going to be late. That was never my experience. Lorelai um, is with Christopher now, and she wants some details. Was Sherry with Chris when Lorelai invited Christopher to the debate? And Chris is like, yeah, she was. Why? Like, why are you asking me that? That's so weird. Use pro- Use pronouns. I me there's no we mentioned low-key gaslights gaslights uh lorelei well and like i think i can kind of understand i don't think he did it 
maliciously, again, I'm using that word a lot this episode, but, like, I don't think that he intentionally tried to mislead them, because I think in his mind it wasn't as big a deal as it actually is. Yeah. Um, Also, I think that he is a little cowardly at times, so he doesn't want to admit stuff, but he doesn't mean it in a malicious way. You're right. I think he's of the impression that if he says something over the phone, that gives Lorelai the chance to be like, hey, can you not bring her? That's true. Yeah. By not mentioning it, not mentioning it, then he can bring her and then, you know, play the idiot of, what? I did it? So I do have a confession to make, guys. I don't mind Christopher in this episode until a very specific moment. I, I'm excited to get to that moment because, like... I feel like we might have a difference of opinions. My yeah. catchphrase oh. of, I will never defend this man, it's going to be tested. Well, Ooh. we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get there first. <laughs> My point's about to be in two seconds in this episode. <laughs> really? His defense of the whole Sherry situation of her wanting to get to Nawari and then him trying to say it's the same thing as Lorelai and Max. Right. You know, Max you know about Max. Up. Well, Christopher, the difference is Lorelai has raised her daughter as a single parent for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And with Max coming into the picture, he will be living with them. Mm-hmm. You, Christopher, on the other hand, have shown up in Stars Hollow three times in 16 years. Not yeah. the same thing. Yeah, Absolutely definitely. not the same freaking thing. And also, Lorelai and Max were together for quite a couple months, right? Even, like, a good solid chunk of time. Yeah. And Chris never went there, right? He never visited Rory. And, like, you have to assume Rory would have told him about Max. Mm-hmm. Or, like, even... Well, he says he didn't know about it until she called... From the Bachelorette from party. From the Bachelorette party. So Rory didn't even tell him that her mom was getting married? I mean, I guess I not. would almost go Rory did tell him, and he just decided to ignore or not acknowledge it because Lorelai didn't tell him. Wait until he can throw it in Lorelai's face, like... Or maybe she assumed her mom would tell. Either way. I don't know. This is me being super negative on Christopher and assuming a lot of bad things about him, but it just... Um, he does ask how... what Lorelai thinks about Sherry, and Lorelai admits the, you know, tells him about the conversation in the kitchen, and he agrees that it's weird, but he also says, like, I had nothing to do with it. And, like, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, you have everything to do with it. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of a he doth protest too much. But yeah, at the same time, the character of Sherry that we are shown in this episode, it does seem like this is, like, something that's very important to her. Mm-hmm. And regardless of whether he put an idea in her head or not, she was going to run with it. You mm-hmm. know? Regardless, they get to Friday night dinner. <sighs> And things start to go downhill real quick. Um, Emily wasn't told Christopher was coming. Emily wasn't told Rory wasn't coming. She is ecstatic about Christopher, not so much about Rory. She's she's fine with Rory not being there. Like, she's a little disappointed, but she's fine with Rory not being there until she finds out why Rory's not there. Christopher's friend. That woman. That horrible woman. She says that woman like seven times. And, and like, Lorelai eventually starts correcting her, but right? and it's so funny the juxtaposition of Richard and Emily in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily is so tuned in to like there is a wrong happening that must be righted, and Richard is just like, "Oh, Christopher, good to see you, son." Like, <laughs> well, going off 
off of Richard real quick because one of the funniest little jokes happened is that um, he's like, how many cherries do you want? And I don't know, Christopher says one, but Lorelai says eight. And then he actually gives her eight cherries. And it's so- it's literally just a glass of cherries. <laughs> I mean, that's like, look the at right way to do it. Like, he's not like, oh, maybe she's exaggerating. <laughs> nope, eight cherries. <laughs> hey, did you know that uh, actually maraschino cherries were invented at my alma mater? Really? Oh. Oregon State University, baby. We made those things. Cocktails are better for it. Um. Well, so like we said, Emily's not very happy. Richard does not care at all. Um, like, he could not care any less. Let's just be no. real. He doesn't it. even realize that it's happening. No. Like, this is, this is, like, my favorite Richard, where he's just kind of, like, jolly in a good mood while his wife is, like, Rah. He's just living his life in pure ignorance. But, I mean, what it all comes down to is that Emily is becoming more and more upset because she's learned Rory's out with Christopher's girlfriend. This girlfriend is pretty serious. Um, and she eventually, like, storms off, which leads Lorelai to follow her. And I think they're in the kitchen, right? Because mm-hmm. you're always in the kitchen yep. when you have yeah. a big fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where the whole it should have been Lorelai comes from. Yeah. Um, because Emily is furious that Lorelai is okay with this because this should have been her. She should be in Sherry's place. We'll never see Rory again. That horrible woman will steal Rory away. Every weekend will be devoted to to that woman. It's like, well, first off, Christopher world? barely devotes any time right now. Christopher gets one night every, what, six months? Something Basically. Like, <laughs> like, how in the world do you think this is going to change anything? And also... Lorelai is just as possessive as Emily is. That she's not, not gonna so. let go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Emily goes for the jugular. She just straight up goes, Chris gets his life together for Sherry when we all know it should have been for you. And it's like You can't wow. put that on her. You can't put that on anybody. And she claims that Lorelai is heartbroken. So is Lorelai heartbroken? I, I kind of vote. A little? I think she was heartbroken at the end of the debutante ball episode. Mm -hmm. Yes, when she kissed him. I think by now, she has come to terms and is over it. But Mm -hmm. Emily doesn't know what Lorelai found out at the end of that episode. Or didn't know. Well, Emily blames Mm Lorelai. She says that it's her fault that Christopher isn't with her. Which is so well, mean. because she can't blame anybody else. I mean, she's already blamed Sherry for existing. Mm-hmm. I think we said it in the debutante ball episode. Like, I I totally get Lorelai having those feelings of insecurity that Chris would get his life together now for this person. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't do it for her and their child. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's already going to be a hard thing to deal with and to come to terms with. Um. For your mom that you do not get along with to literally say exactly that to your face is a very awful thing to say. Well, one last thing from this scene is Lorelai not saying whether she does or doesn't have feelings for Christopher. It's kind of hinted that she does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lorelai almost only exists in will-they-won't-they relationships. You know, like with like every man. It's a bummer. Apparently, though... 
Emily goes to go lay down, but she does supposedly come back down mm-hmm. for dinner. For a pouty dinner later. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see it, but it does happen. So it's the next morning, and they're at Luke's. We don't get Rory and Sherry's evening at all. No, because they were nope. out so late that Lorelai mm-hmm. was already at home asleep when they get home. Snoring like a buzzsaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so she arrives, and Rory is doing some errand or something. And Luke picks up on her mood, on how downcast mm-hmm. and sad she is. He offers to play bagel hockey with her. He's like, I don't know, he's a really good friend here. Potential yeah. more than friend, but like, he he really is caring about her. Which makes it so weird later on when the fight is happening. And I'll, I'll talk about that then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked Luke in this moment. I was like, oh, Luke and Lorelai make so much more sense. I like Luke in this episode. When Rory gets there, she gives her the scoop on Sherry because, you know, it was a fact-finding mission, Mm -hmm. essentially. So we find Mm -hmm. out she's a safe driver. She works for L'Oreal. One prior relationship, 11 years, wants two kids. And she likes Bruce Springsteen, which, by the way, do not insult the boss. I'm from New Jersey. You can't do that. (laughs) I refuse to allow it to happen. It's actually illegal in New Jersey, just so you know. But, I mean, the picture we get of Sherry is that she's a nice lady. Mm-hmm. They had a nice mm-hmm. time. Like, there was nothing weird or bad, really. Yeah. And could it possibly be that she was a cautious driver because she had a 16-year-old in her car and she didn't want to get into an, a car accident or have anything happen to her? Like, yeah. don't paint this in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Lorelai asks Rory what she thinks about her and Christopher. Like, did she ever imagine her and Christopher getting back together? And Rory's honest about it. She says yes. Um, but that ship has sailed kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's super normal for kids who have divorced parents to, like, fantasize about mom and dad being back together Mm -hmm. but like she's gotten older and she has seen her mom with max and she knows that it's okay like they don't have to be together exactly i mean i know i did um i also knew at that age by the time i was 16 17 that if my parents were together they would be fighting nonstop, and it was for the best that they were not together yeah i was 16 when my parents divorced and i was mm, this might be dark to say, but I was happy about it. Like, I, I hated the fighting. So, like, yeah. I think it's she's at that age. A lot. Yeah. Where she well, I mean, understands. We also have gotten a lot of, like, commentary on Chris over the last two seasons. Um, and, like, Rory, even though she's excited for him to be in her life, she sees the flaws. Mm-hmm. And her mom has explained to her, like, why they don't work. So, I think it's totally legit for Rory to be like, not really, mom. So Lorelai ends, well, she continues the conversation with, should it have been me? And it's so sad. She says it's so sad. Lauren is amazing in this. I know. Mm-hmm. But Rory's distracted. It's go time. Yep. It's the CD drop-off time. The best heist in Gilmore history. <laughs> <laughs> and I it love involves this Michelle. Moment. And it involves it's Kirk. It's so good. Like, okay, so here's the heist, play-by-play. Mrs. Kim and Lane are leaving their home and crossing to the center of the square. Kirk is signaled by Rory to intercept Mrs. Kim and Lane, 
Lane has a bag. It's open. Mm -hmm. At this, we see a runner. We don't know who, but we see a runner appear with a hood over. Yeah, hooded over. And he drops it in her bag and then disappears. And you're like, oh my gosh, who is this masked person? It's Michelle. How? Who has been running for an hour. Michelle, who barely wants to do his job. Why is he running for an hour for (laughs) Lane? Like, what is the relationship there? Because it's exercise and it will help him look good. That ha- I, I mean... That's like the only thing I can think of. <laughs> I don't know. But Michelle's like, I'm never doing anything for you ever again, which is fair. Because they made him run for yes. an hour. Also, I have to say, we see a lot of like Lane being wily and trying to get, figuring out how to like get around her mom and do things that she's not allowed to do. I think this might be the first and really only time we see Rory concoct a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it worked. Kirk is a great distraction. Uh, Michelle, we get great some runner. Kirk lore. Um, yes, Mrs. Kim has known him since since he was two. Since he, he was, was two. two. Yeah. Um, but previously, no one knew him like two months ago, like two, a year well, ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, he does say, "Well, that doesn't like promise that anybody actually that is remembers fair. me." And I feel like maybe that's, that's a little... where Kirk the jerk comes from. <laughs> I I don't know. Michelle's so out of breath. What's funny is that he didn't have to run for an hour. Like, no, he could have started running. Stood on the far corner, Three. waiting to see Rory, and then started running. Right, you don't have to run for the whole hour. <laughs> Come on, it's cute. It's great. Um, I love this scene. I loved you're your mother's child and Rory scene. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because she says you had excellent form. <laughs> it's like, yep, it's fair. Give people a compliment and they will do silly things for you another day. <laughs> well, we go back to Luke's and Chris and Sherry arrive. Sherry's immediately like, where's Rory? I'm going to go find Rory. Mm-hmm. She leaves mm-hmm. the, the diner. Looks like she has a gift for her or something. Yeah. Yeah. She's holding a little baggie. And um, Chris and Lorelai are talking. Um, obviously, they had a kind of crazy night the night before with Emily and how she was behaving and everything. That Chris didn't tell Sherry. Yeah, she's no, like, I heard he it was didn't. a nice dinner or something. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so you guys aren't that open with each other. Great, good. And Lorelai tells Chris she has something to say to him. And it is basically admitting that she always thought the three of them would be together after he got his life together. And also that she's been sabotaging all her past relationships because she wanted to get with Chris in the end. But now that he's with Sherry, she can move on. This is this is where I I will semi defend Christopher because this is one of those things that I think comes with maturity and it comes with like this is not something that Chris needs to know. This is something that Lorelai needs to share with him to make herself feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like when you apologize for something and it's because you want to make yourself feel better and it's not going to change anything for the person that you hurt. It's just like mm-hmm. it comes from a place of selfishness and I think Chris's reaction is valid. I don't think and to use this word again, I don't think Lorelai was trying to be malicious about it. I think she was genu- g- genuinely just trying to be like I can move on. I'm happy for you and Sherry. I'm yes. not in the place that my mom is. I just think it comes from a place of, like, 
very self-centeredness to feel like I'm gifting you with this knowledge Mm -hmm. of I'm letting you go. Like, no. (laughs) My only thought on this point with Christopher is I understand his reaction a little bit. I understand him kind of be, I understand him being upset that Lorelai's do giving him this explanation. Cause like you said, like literally what is the point of this? How do, how, what is he supposed to do? Mm-hmm. I do not like him yelling at yes, her exactly. in yes. a public restaurant. People are turning around. And yeah. essentially am trying to humiliate her because he doesn't like what she said. And if you guys look at the scene when he's like really yelling, Luke is in the background. You can't see his oh, face, yeah. but Luke is in the background in the entire. And I know Luke Danes. And if Lorelai Gilmore is getting yelled at, you're going to tell me he's just going to stand there right. and let it happen? Well, yeah. you see the guy sitting at the counter turn around and yeah. start looking. Everybody's like, looking. Luke is Chris looking. Raised his voice. Yeah. yeah. And then when Chris finally storms out. So I'm, I'm validating that Chris's emotions are fair. The way that he expresses them are inappropriate. Yeah. Um, yes, I would agree with that. When... When he storms out and Lorelai looks up and realizes everybody's watching her and Luke is watching her and he immediately, like, looks away all shady, I feel like, I don't know, I, it felt weird. I was like, would Luke yeah, do Yeah, because would Luke he... would have gone. He would have yeah. gone and at least been like, you're not talking to her that way. Or like, okay, take this somewhere else. But, I mean, I don't maybe know. because Lore- of the conversation. Lorelai's a very strong individual yeah, and this and- is a relationship that Luke has no say in between Lorelai and Chris. And that's fair. He has he has no he's met Chris once, maybe twice. Like it would be very weird for him to insert himself in the middle of this relationship that has such a history, worry included. Mm-hmm. So I can yeah. see him being I think the only thing I would expect Luke to do would be like to come over with a coffee pot and give her a refill. You okay? Yeah, I would have expected that's that. That's that. And we know Luke will eventually get his chance. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, he does look like he wants to kill someone. Like his face is yes. very angry. Um, meanwhile, in the background uh, during this fight, you can see Sherry and Rory uh, talking. And then Chris goes out, hugs Rory. And then uh, Lorelai and Chris share one last look. Mm-hmm. And the episode ends. So, Lorelai, the implication should it have been Lorelai. and and Chris are in a bad place, and should it have been Lorelai? I'm glad it isn't. Is what yeah. I'm gonna say. God, yeah. Um, ending this episode, we're gonna talk about who is the townsperson of the week. Now, guys, mine's an honorary townsperson because they're only here for one day, but I think it's Sherry. I think Sherry has potential, definitely. Who do you think? <sighs> I mean, my, like, silly one would be, like, Michelle for being such yeah. a, a good sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, I think that Sherry is trying her best in this episode. I would go with that. I could, yeah, I can support that. My only other thought was Rory. I felt like Rory had a really good episode with the debate and oh, just yeah. being happy to see her dad and um, being open with her feelings with Sherry, with Lorelai, with Chris. I literally could but go I, with either. So what do you... Yeah. What do we think? Mm. I mean, we only get three episodes of Sherry. That is true. We do. And she's <laughs> not going to get it the other two episodes. I was going to say, no. this is her one good episode. 
I will, I will vote for Sherry. All right, then yeah. congratulations, Sherry. You're our honorary townsperson of the week. Um, I wish you would your character would stay the same throughout the series, but it doesn't. So, yeah. But today, for today, you're the townsperson. Hooray! Yay! All right, and after townsperson of the week, we have references with Sandra. Okay, for this week's references, um, I actually want to focus on our guest star, Sherry. Every so often, a guest star will appear, and they're, like, weirdly very famous, either in the past or now. And Machen Amick, hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, aka Sherry, is both. Like, she's famous back then, but she's still famous now. Like, she's still kicking mm-hmm. it around. Machen is probably best known by the kids as Betty Cooper's mom on Riverdale. So I only watched half a season of this show. And it's like the most ridiculous show in the world. Um, and I've heard it's gotten even more ridiculous from the half a season that I watched. Like, there's bear attacks, cults, uh, football, but also they're in jail. Also, there's a war and dungeon. Dr- I don't know. It's a whole bunch of stuff. And she plays Alice Cooper there, not to be confused with the rock star. But before that, she was Shelley Briggs on Twin Peaks. She's also been in Dawson's Creek, ER, Joey, the Friends spinoff, um, Gossip Girl, Witches of East End, American Horror Story, and as previously mentioned, Riverdale. But Twin Peaks is where she got her big start. Twin Peaks is a cult classic. We kind of mentioned it before. It ran from April 1990 to June 1991, only two seasons, and it was revived in 2017 because it was so beloved but in the 90s it was just kind of weird it's about the murder (laughs) of a homecoming queen laura palmer in the fictional town of twin peaks washington and the investigation that follows um it would be a traditional detective show but it was super eerie there were supernatural elements the tone was all over the place sometimes it was horror sometimes camp Sometimes melodramatic. It was created by David Lynch, so much like his previous work, it was surreal and had very offbeat humor. In Twin Peaks, Machen played a young waitress at the local diner, so I do think it was a joke. Yeah, I love it. Now that I think about it, I love it. (laughs) So, like I said, the show was super weird. It was a mystery wrapped in a horror show, wrapped in a soap opera, and it but it fit really well with two other shows mentioned. In this episode, I think it was like an, a little Easter egg because Lorelai and Luke talk about the Twilight Zone and Outer Limits. So the Twilight Zone, I think most people know, was an anthology created and presented by Rod Sterling from 1959 to 1964. Each episode was a standalone where the characters often found themselves dealing with disturbing or unusual events. The Twilight Zone. Um <laughs> Meanwhile, Outer Limits, also an anthology of self-contained episodes, ran from 1963 to 1965. It was often compared to Twilight Zone, but it was more sci-fi than horror or supernatural, which makes sense why Luke will like it more, because he has previously (laughs) been called a Trekkie. A Trekkie. And then with Outer Limits, 
each episode would start with a narration that was super creepy. It would basically tell you, there's nothing wrong with your television set. We are controlling the transmission. You're about to experience the awe and mystery, which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. But both the Twilight Zone and Outer Limits were basically the basis for shows like Twin Peaks, right? And having mentioned... I feel like Twilight Zone had a little monologue similar to that as well. Yeah, you're now entering the the Twilight Zone. Now entering the Twilight Zone. Yeah. (laughs) So they were very similar. Yeah. And there's a lot of references in Twin Peaks of both of these shows, right? And so having mentioned on Gilmore Girls, like, how can you not mention these shows when you're, when she's there? She, ASP couldn't be like straight up like, Twin Peaks, this is the girl from Twin Peaks, but you can mention the shows (laughs) that inspired it. So the, those are my references this week. If I think Twin Peaks is on Netflix, I'm not 100% uh, sure. It definitely was at one point, if it isn't currently. But it is so good. Have you guys watched it? I've never seen it. Oh my no. gosh. I was obsessed with it my first watch through, and then we watched the reboot live as it came out. What a trip. Like, you have to be willing to put up with some pretty whack and scary stuff. Um, it's very atmospheric. It's very, like, chilling. But David Lynch is an absolute auteur. He's incredible. And if you like anything of his that's surreal and weird, you have to see Twin Peaks, period. So it's no longer on Netflix, unfortunately, but it is on Paramount+. Plus. So if anyone has that, um, go watch it. Like Jess said, it's a, it's a trip. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after references of me, we have a TV show with Emily. So this week's going to be interesting. We have no books. We have the play that Sandra mentioned at the very beginning with the um, music can soothe the savage breast beast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the morning bride. <laughs> so we have that. The, but other than that, we didn't really have a whole lot of media. We had um, Lane mentioning a Bell and Sebastian single, but we didn't get really get a whole lot of information on that. Um, I'd say the biggest media intake we had this episode was the two fat ladies which was a show that is in fact called two fat ladies it was a british cooking show starring clarissa dixon wright and jennifer patterson it ran from 1996 to 1999 on the bbc and it also has been shown um, in the u.s on the food network and the cooking channel and then it's also been on uh reruns will run on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. So I I assume they came across it on the Food Network or the Cooking Channel as they're, you know, channel surfing. Mm-hmm. Something nobody does these days. <laughs> so it, these two women traveled the UK for most of the episodes. There was a, one episode in Ireland. There was a Christmas special in Jamaica. But they would travel the UK on a Triumph Thunderbird motorcycle driven by Jennifer Patterson. It sported the registration N88TFL. Um, Apparently, the British bingo call for number 88 is two fat ladies. Oh, okay. I I guess Uh, I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And then it was a double wide. Uh, so Jennifer Patterson drove the motorcycle where uh, Clarissa rode in the sidecar. Oh, okay. Love Thanks a good sense. sidecar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I only show you the, the picture of like the main image of the show. It's like them on the motorcycle and the sidecar. Oh. And then they just have like a bunch of baskets of vegetables uh-huh. and, and fruit and stuff all over the place. They did have one episode video taped at Westminster Cathedral. One in an Irish convent. Uh, the girls also mentioned that one of the fat ladies has died. They do not specify which one. Unfortunately, Jennifer Patterson passed away of lung cancer in 1991, only one month after her diagnosis. She was 71. So at that point, she had passed away. Apparently, the day before she died, she asked Clarissa to bring her a tin of caviar but when Clarissa got to the hospital, Patterson had already passed away. So she ate the caviar at the funeral as a tribute to her friend. Very sweet. Very salty. Very expensive <laughs> tribute. <laughs> Clarissa did pass away in 2014 from pneumonia. So she, they, they're, they're both gone now. But she was still alive when, the sh- when Gilmore aired. And then apparently the theme song... Shoe Fly Pie and Apple Pan Dowdy was sang by these two fat ladies. Patterson and Dixon, they sang their own theme song. It was written by composer Peter Bakey. Bakey? And apparently Patterson would often burst into song during the show. Just randomly singing along. <laughs> it kind of seems like they, they try to own the word. Fat. Yeah. Yeah, I think it like a fat Amy mm-hmm. type thing from Pitch Perfect yeah. is kind of what I took it as. Although Rory and uh-huh. Lorelai are not, are not great in that scene. They're very no. um, fat phobic and just like, I think ASP doesn't like people that are bigger because it yeah. happens all the time. I kind of, I kind yeah, there's a lot of fat shaming, a lot of fat phobia in the show, especially in A Year in the Life. That we don't talk about, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was, I guess, media. Mm-hmm. Two fat ladies. <laughs> Interesting. Making food. Making food. Yeah, after that we have fashion with Jess. Making fashion choices. Making fashion choices. Making fashion choices with Jess. So before I jump into this week's fashion, I do want to give a quick comment about last week's fashion. Which, mm-hmm. if you will all recall, was my very controversial Suki for best dressed. We did have a poll later because it was so controversial within the podcast. We wanted to see what people thought outside of the podcast. And I just posted the final results. Okay. Turns let's see. out <laughs> the final results. And I knew this going in. Uh, our poll was whose outfit. <laughs> What? Continue, continue. I'll bring up my point. So the poll was, you know, whose outfit is worse? Rory's pink sweater with a flower or Suki's pink purple green ensemble? And I will say that while we were watching it, it was very back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately mm-hmm. for me, <laughs> Suki did win for worst. So you guys have spoken. You disagreed with me. That's okay. Um, I stand I am... by Rory's with 
<laughs> I still think Boris was worse, of course. Uh, I may be like the all-knowing, all-deciding fashion maven of this podcast, which means while I'm never <laughs> wrong, we might disagree. <laughs> I um, want to point something out real quick. Now, I was the one who did this story. I posted it up, and I was like, hey, everyone gets their own opinion. Emily, Jess, on your personals, you can feel free to vote. I'm going to vote. And I'm looking at the votes, and I noticed that our podcast voted as well. And they voted. Funny how that happens. For Rory. (laughs) Who did that? (laughs) And I can't help but think, was this cheating? (laughs) Am I being disrespected right now? And it's fine. At the time, it wasn't fine because I was losing, and I was losing by one point. (laughs) Now you feel vindicated. (laughs) Now I'm like, hey, I won by more than one point, so I'm okay. But that being said, neither outfit is great, even if it was the best <laughs> dress. I I will say I love how close it is. It is yeah, very, it is a very 48 close. to 52% split. That is very close. Yeah, definitely. But, okay, that being said, getting back to the episode at hand, um, I think that this is a much better fashion episode. I feel like there's a lot more, uh, like, kind of on-trend fashion. I will give an honorable mention for worst dressed which my honorable mention for worst dressed is Lorelai with her pink turtleneck dog sweater it is not my worst but it's definitely like you guys know I love like a kitschy sweater one of my steel items previously was that squirrel sweater I just feel like this one is too childish it, it feels very reminiscent for me of that rose sweater that Rory was wearing it's just so pink and bubblegum, and if that's your thing, that's totally fine. It just feels like a costume rather than something somebody would regularly wear. It looks like it that's... needs a hoop skirt. Yeah, it yeah. does. Or like a poodle that's... skirt. Like, yeah. it's very soft copy. That's exactly how I felt. What you mentioned, Jess, is when I, as soon as I saw her wear it, I was like, oh, it's just like Lorelai's version of the u- ugly pink flower sweater. <laughs> yeah, <Great>. just <laughs> not my favorite. My actual worst dressed, and in my notes I say, oh, how the mighty have fallen, is Suki. Because I think if you compare what Suki is wearing at the debate, she is again wearing that same pink uh, pink fluff and purple cardigan. Um, she's styled it differently. It's with a striped dress or skirt underneath. The scarf isn't there to tie the colors together. I think when you compare what she's wearing in this to what she was wearing in the previous episode... It looks really strange. Also, when they're seated at the debate, she has some, like, fingerless glove situation going on. Or, like, you know, when you have the thumb holes in a long sleeve shirt that just makes the whole outfit look whack. Um, Sorry, Suki. I love the outfit one day. I don't love it. It's just about how it's styled. Um, My best dress for the episode is just, like, Sherry, period. Every time we see Sherry, she looks phenomenal. Her hairstyling, mm-hmm. the, the outfit she wears, um, her makeup, it all looks great. Obviously, she's supposed to be like Christopher's gorgeous girlfriend who just sweeps in. Um, but they dress her really well. The first outfit we see her in is the one that the that Lorelai and Suki comment about. She's got this gray um, textured kind of 
woven dress, but with this really cool leather stripe accent down the front, which she wears with a long leather jacket. It's a short dress. It comes to her knee, and then she's got tall patent or like leather boots. It's super chic. She looks incredible. I would be super intimidated if my ex was dating her. I get it. <laughs> um, and then my other favorite outfit of Sherry's that it's kind of like tied for best dressed is the one that we see her in at the very end, um, where she has a very high-necked, kind of straight-across black top or dress or something, and then a really chic camel long coat over top. We don't see the bottom, but that just looks so put together. Um, Oddly enough, we see Sherry three times in one episode, and every time she has a different long, like, kind of trench-length coat on, So for whatever weekend business trip Sherry has come on with Christopher, she has brought at least three separate coats, which I get it, girl. Pack heavy. That is so much work. It's a lot. Like, (laughs) I can see, and I mean, she said she she says she is obsessed with fashion. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. like, she doesn't even hide it. But like, if I'm going somewhere and I know me dressing up anything, I'm like, okay, I'll take two coats. The warm, comfy, probably doesn't look great, but I like it coat. And then the nice coat. Mm-hmm. Sherry only has nice coats. And she's Plural. brought three of them with her. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny when you think about how we see Lorelai and Rory in the same coat, right? Mm-hmm. We see them in that shearling over and over again. We meet Sherry for the first time, and in three scenes, she has three coats on. I just, I think she looks incredible. She's absolutely best dressed. Um, And then Mm -hmm. I actually do have a steal item this week. Last week, I didn't have anything I wanted to steal. But this week, uh, it is Michelle's Nike sweatsuit. He's got this, like, matching sweatsuit tracksuit. And it's, like, old Nike before it was, like, really cool to have Nike. um, Before it was, like, super, super trendy. But it's just this either off-white, egg crew, eggshell, or light gray. I can't quite tell. It's got, like, one minimal stripe. Of course, it's, like, sweaty and gross because he's been running for an hour, but I love a matching sweat moment. I think it's a really cool look, and especially now that, like, pandemic has happened, Mm -hmm. I wear a lot of this loungewear. I would wear this in a heartbeat, and maybe I wouldn't look good. I mean, Michelle looks like he's been running, but (laughs) I would love to own that. (laughs) So that is my best Sherry, worst Sarisuki, and steal Michelle. Were there any items or outfits that you guys noticed that I did not? Um, I really liked Rory's going out outfit with Sherry. I don't know. I just thought she looked so poised um, and so pretty. Yes. Well, and Sherry dressed up for that, too. She had, like, a floral dress kind of thing going on. So they were really going out. Yeah, it's like like a button-down situation. Or I guess it's a cardigan. With a skirt, yeah. I I will say it surprised me that they were both so dressed up. Like, Rory was dressed up like she was getting ready to go to Friday night dinner. Mm-hmm. But she's going to, like, dinner and a movie. They're, they both look like they're going out on dates, not, yeah. like, yeah. a stepmom-daughter date. Um, And then one other thing I would like to steal is Nancy, uh, the girl oh. that uh, they're debating against. She has mm-hmm. this headband, this red headband, and I was... Ooh so into headbands when i was in high school um yeah. i think it was like the blair waldorf like kind of effect oh definitely <laughs> but i was so into headbands so like i got such flashbacks just looking at her in her uniform and her uniform colors were kind of similar to mine 
So I'm like, oh, I would have, I would have done that. Were yours red? No, or no. Did I combine was, you with Sherry? It was green and blue. <laughs> but it was, I didn't okay. have the red, but it was like the blue I did have and then the green and white. Okay. I combined you with Sherry for some reason. <laughs> I love that though. A headband call out. Some of the yeah. accessories are like, they like take me back. And I was definitely a headband kid because I would like get bangs. And mm-hmm. then my mom was like, either you get them cut again or we keep them out of your face. And so I was a headband kid for a lot of my youth. I was a scene yeah. kid. So I had to. <laughs> Yeah, I was just, yeah, I had the swoop yeah, bangs. Yeah, the swoop bangs. So. Yeah, thankfully my MySpace was one of the ones that got wiped. So any traces <laughs> of that just are long gone, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, that was fashion for this week. And after fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks. La, 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 la. We've already mentioned a couple of polls that we have run on our Instagram, but you guys also had lots of written thoughts to share too. So a little while back now, we got a message from Ashley on Instagram and Ashley said, hi, I'm just catching up on your episodes after the break. So I'm a bit behind, but I wanted to say I'm still loving your content and I'm so glad you're starting to get the recognition you so greatly deserve. I just recently had my first baby, and your pod slash Gilmore Girls in general have been staples in getting me through these long days and nights. And she also is the person who suggested that we share photos of the fashion pics of the week in case you are not actually watching along with us. So thank you, Ashley, so much for that suggestion. Congratulations on your baby, and we are so glad that we're able to be there for you during what I'm sure is an exhausting time. So thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Congrats on the baby. Yay. After that, we got an email from uh, Rowan. First of all, thank you for the email. I I, lo- I love the emails. I love the longer things. Yeah. She goes, hey, guys, I think things with Jess get so messy. So I think she is referencing a Tisca to Tasca. Mm-hmm. So yeah. last episode. She says, the best thing Lorelai ever says about it is in crazy, hazy days of summer. But like right now, it's wild. I think what makes it a date are Rory's obvious feelings, but Rory is always a little defensive about that. Like, I don't think pizza and books are automatically a date. I do that with anyone, but she's obviously into Jess. And Dean going to Lorelai is weird, but I don't think it's weird that Lorelai brings it up with Rory. She's right. Jess isn't great. He insults her and Luke, causes trouble around town, and just because he's nice to Rory doesn't make him nice. I think Lorelai is right to say that. She has a responsibility to Rory, not to Jess, and he could hurt her. I do have so much to say about Rory's handling of the relationships, but I'm going to table it until we get to Yale because I feel like it really ramps up then. Uh, thanks again so much for the podcast. I love listening every week. Um, I actually really agree with that. I, I don't think we brought that up when we talked about this here, that basket, but mm-hmm. Lorelai as a mom is right here. Like she got, yeah. she got fed some information. She's concerned about her daughter. She's going forward mm-hmm. with it. We just think that it's weird that Dean and Lorelai are so close. Yes, yes. <laughs> I I am in full agreement with Lorelai broaching the Jess issue with Rory. Mm-hmm. At her, as far as Lorelai's knowledge of Jess goes, it's not good. No, it's not. Yeah, at all. And she's very justified in being worried about Rory and what might be happening there because she also I think Lorelai does see that Rory has some feelings there but yeah the whole Dean and Lorelai conversation is just weird (laughs) thank you Rowan yes thank you Rowan yes thank you 
Now moving on to this episode, um, the episode we just talked about, we have Ellen who commented on our Instagram. This episode is heartbreaking, all in caps for Lorelai. It is. I I feel bad for Lorelai here. I do think she misstepped with Christopher at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so she may have incurred some wrath that she didn't really deserve the wrath part of it. But it was it's just a touchy situation all around. Yeah. Yeah. I just think Emily is the one who's in the wrong here in the episode. I mean, Emily's most often. Hard, wrong, yeah. So. <laughs> but we also ha- had some comments on the Sherry versus Lorelai debate about whether that fight was justified or not. Like we said before, I believe um, Fair was winning. People think it's fair. However, now it's 50-50. So it is a touchy subject here, too. People don't know. You know, people are on both sides here. And Lisa said, it's weird how she broached it, but I think fair, like that the argument is fair. We also got another comment from Courtney who says Sherry came on kind of strong, but I get her point. Later saying, Chris probably talks about Lorelai pretty often. Sherry knows everything about Rory. So she's like, okay, I don't want to be close with my boyfriend's ex. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's a pretty standard feeling to have. Mm -hmm. And then we also had Fabiola, who commented, "Um, I honestly think Sherry is trying to intimidate Lorelai because she knows deep down that if Lorelai wanted to be with Chris, she could. That said, I don't think this needs to be a BFFs, but as Lorelai is like, a crucial part of Rory's life, they should, they would be connected somehow. So the speech doesn't make any sense. That is a completely different take that we did. Um, that I we love had. that though. Yeah, I love it too. I love a dissenting take. Yeah, I don't see those vibes from Sherry, but I would see those vibes from later Sherry. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I'm gonna go with Sherry is the East Coast representative representative of uh, L'Oreal. Mm-hmm. She is probably incredibly people smart Ooh. to be able to get to that position. Yeah. yeah. Could be. So I I don't get those vibes, but it could just be that Sherry is that good of manipulator. Yeah. A little reverse psychology. Who knows? Thank you, Fabiola. Yeah. We love to hear yeah. things that are different. I love the take, though. <laughs> yeah. But that was Star Solo Speaks. So up next, to end this episode, coffee. Now... Lorelai and Rory go to Luke's in the beginning of the episode and it's empty but they don't order coffee (gasps) yeah so at the second time they go to Luke's they do order coffee so they have one cup of coffee each in this episode but otherwise nothing okay I've watched like six to seven episodes of Gilmore over the past week or so so I could be getting it confused with an upcoming episode but at one point Rory is at Luke's she has a blue coffee mug in front of her that is the exact same shade of blue as her sweater really (laughs) it just blends in it might be the next episode but yes (laughs) it it, it happens I I don't remember I'll send a screenshot when it happens (laughs) I don't I don't remember her I don't think it's this yeah I think she's in her uniform for the most part unless it's Friday night dinner or non-Friday night dinner Lorelai wears a blue collared shirt at the beginning of this episode. I don't know if that would be it, but it's definitely Rory. Yeah, that's where it might be the next one. 
All of my notes are fashion-based. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to mention it. We didn't mention it. This is the puppy mention. The puppy mention happens in this oh, episode. Yes. <laughs> the, the puppy, puppy that they cute. have that apparently they never have again. Never. Did they get Who rid of the dog? What are we talking about? So at when... Chilton, after the debate, uh-huh. they're talking about the Christmas card that Chris and Sherry oh, sent. Yes. And, oh, you guys probably mocked it mercilessly. And Lorelai's, oh, you guys were cute. The puppy was cute. Right. What puppy? What puppy? No, what, pu- what puppy? You didn't get a puppy. <laughs> you know what? I know what puppy it is. It's the puppy in the picture on Lorelai's me until in the very first episode. <laughs> it's the same or puppy. It's foreshadowing just over and over again. About adoption and abandonment. That's all I'll say. Thanks for joining <laughs> us for this episode. <laughs> Come to find out, Chris had Paul Inca first. Right. <laughs> oh um, <laughs> thanks for listening. This was Sandra. And this is Jess. And this was Emily. We will see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach us on Instagram at townmeetingpod or email us at townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And now you can support us at buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting. Hope you guys enjoyed. Bye.